1: Hi, this is Craig Forrest. We're talking to Dr. Phil Cook, who goes by Phil Cook usually, on the podcast. And we are having a conversation about cultural influences and in media across the world. Welcome to the podcast today, Phil. Thank you very much, Craig. Thrilled to be here. Absolutely. A lot of fun. You know what? You've said something that is very interesting and a bit provocative. A lot of people don't get this. It doesn't matter if you're a leader or a follower or wherever you are in a digital world, there's sort of nowhere to hide. What do you mean by that? What does that mean?
2: Yeah, I think that we need to live more transparent lives than ever. It's interesting that the river of information that flows into Google, is so absolutely staggering that you know whatever you're trying to hide it's just not gonna work you know in the old days a leader a celebrity even a big-time pastor or nonprofit leader could hide stuff they could have that mansion in Palm Springs or they could have that private jet not let anybody know about it but the truth is today um, you know that DUI you got in college that you thought everybody would forgotten about guess what it's gonna show up in a Google search right it's funny I had a pastor tell me one time pull me aside and say you know, Phil, it would be best if you didn't tell my congregation about my yacht. And I said, well, you know, you're an idiot. First of all, a reasonably intelligent 10-year-old with Google can download the title to your yacht, and if he's got Google Earth, he can download a photograph, a satellite photo of of the boat sitting at the dock. So the truth is we just, in a digital era, be it good or bad, you just can't hide anymore. So I always tell leaders and artists and filmmakers, look, live a transparent life. Live live a life that you would not be afraid everybody knew about because, trust me, there'll be a way that they're going to find it out. When you talk
1: about branding, which is a, a term that the uh, secular world knows very, very well, but I think from my experience of traveling around the world uh, and and teaching in, where I teach in, for filmmakers, etc., The word branding is not understood by Christians, and especially by uh, faith-based leaders internationally. Talk about branding a little bit.
2: Well, it's interesting. When I wrote my first book on branding, Branding Faith, uh, Why Some Churches Impact Culture and Others Don't, um, nobody had ever talked about it at all in the church. It was just really a new thing. And a few years ago, I updated that book. I did a massive update. In my book, I talk about the fact that a, a brand is simply a compelling story that surrounds a person or a product. Uh, or an organization. Uh, the truth is everybody has a brand because it, in a simpler way, it's what do people think of when they think of you? What's that perception? What's that idea when people mention your name or your company's name or your product's name? What is that? What, what's the thought that goes through their mind? And the point of branding is we can't, shape it. We can't change it because it's what they think of us, not what we think. However, we want that thought to be good. Nike, Starbucks, companies like that spend millions of dollars every year trying to influence their brand, uh, which really means just influencing their perception. So my my contention is the world, when it comes to Christian issues, the world is never going to darken the door of your church unless they have a good perception about it. They're never going to open the Bible unless they have an interest in it. So it... While some people, you know, don't are uncomfortable with the term, the truth is, unless people have a positive perception, they're not going to take that next step. So I think we in the church need to spend more time thinking in terms of how we can make a positive perception in our community, whether it's from our church, whether it's our ministry or a nonprofit organization, or in the business world, whether it's just us. We just need to work on helping influence the gospel, influencing Christianity in their culture today, so people walk away with a great influence, and then they're much more likely to try it out. This
0: podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International. A nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now,
1: back to Craig. Well, you bring up a couple of issues that are really, really sharp. One is influence, the other is storytelling. Let me take the first one uh, first. Influence. How can you know? You could be a pastor uh, or or a Christian leader of a small ministry and still have phenomenal influence, based on the content of what you create and the commentary that you have in culture. Talk about influence for a moment.
2: Well, influence is everything. I think. I mean, when it comes to leadership, when you're trying to lead an organization or lead a team it's really all about influence. Can you influence people to take a good path rather than a bad path? Can you influence people to buy your product? Can you influence people to to explore the gospel? Can you influence people to listen to your message? So influence should not ever be used in a bad way. Certainly it can be used in a bad way, but we should start thinking about the positive aspects of influence because we want to influence our kids in a good way. We want to influence our spouse. Influence our family, certainly influence the people in our community. So I think as leaders, we need to spend more time understanding how to influence people, uh, what it takes, and uh, the impact it can really have in, the, in within the people around you. And, and you're exactly right, Craig. You don't have to be a megastar. You don't have to be a, a big-time author or pastor or leader, uh, filmmaker, artist, creative. You, you don't have to be that big guy or woman out there to influence people. You can influence people right where you are. A grandmother in her community can have a huge influence in that little world. So. We should always be thinking about about how we can use influence to share our message with the the people around us. Excellent.
1: Let's now uh, transition for a second to storytelling, which actually uh, influence and storytelling work uh, yin-yang really well together. We have never lived in a greater time of storytelling in the sense of that a story you tell can be broadcast or narrowcast across this world in in just moments of time this is a great time for storytelling. Talk about that.
2: Well, you know, a lot of people tell me, I don't have a good story. I don't come from an interesting background. I wasn't raised with money or I don't have adventures in my life. But I just really believe there's somebody out there that needs to hear your personal story. And we know from infomercial research, you know, secular infomercials indicate that, you know, George Foreman can talk until he's blue in the face about his miracle grill. But when you show the story of Floyd in Cleveland, who ordered the grill, got it home, tried it out, it changed his life. That's when the guy at home watching the program thinks, wow, you know, if it worked for that guy, maybe it'll work for me. And that's when they call. So we know that when secular infomercials, calls spike up, orders spike up when we show testimony. So I take that to to say that Every area of life, we should tell more stories. Churches and television programs and films. So, you know, I, I have a friend who's a pastor here in Los Angeles who I think he's just genetically deficient when it comes to storytelling. He couldn't tell a story if you put a gun to his head. And guess what? As a result, his church is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Certainly there's a time for expository preaching or teaching or Bible study, but Jesus had three years of adult ministry on this earth. Pretty much three years. He was God. He knew the time limit. And what did he do? You know, he didn't write a book on church leadership. He didn't write a book on systematic theology. Um, he didn't make rules for how to run the church. What did he do? He spent most of those three years telling stories. And in most cases, he didn't tell them, he didn't explain. He didn't tell them, okay, guys, here's what this means. Sometimes he would pull away his disciples in private and talk about it. But for the most part, he was willing to tell a story and walk away. Jesus trusted the power of storytelling. And I think we, if there's anything we could learn in this day and age, we should consider that as well. It's no, it's no mistake that the most watched primetime shows on television are all dramatic storytelling formats. So there's something, you know, i, I my feeling is since the days of the earliest Hebrew so- storytellers sitting around a campfire in the deserts of the Middle East, we've been captivated by stories. I just think there's something in our DNA about it. And so uh, I think understanding the power of stories can really influence the people around us and certainly help us share our message with a far greater audience.
1: Exactly right. I had a great professor, a mentor of mine uh, during film school days who said something I never forgot. It was so, so quick and so short. He said, humans are wired for stories. Humans are wired for storytelling. What is it, Phil, that... Uh, Christians especially are missing, missing these days about storytelling.
2: Um, it, it, you know what? I'll I, I tell you, I, I have two two thoughts about this. One is certainly we need to focus on doing it better. But on the other hand, <laughs> there's kind of a storytelling fad out there. I uh-huh. actually wrote a blog post on my blog at philcook.com called You Are Not a Storyteller. And I not easily – Half the Twitter bios out there on Twitter, the social media platform are, I'm a storyteller. And, uh, no, you're not. You're, you know, you're a teacher. You're a, whatever. You, you, it's funny. If you interviewed the greatest writers of our time, they don't talk about themselves being storytellers. And yet, the general population out there is obsessed with being storytellers. We're all storytellers. No, no, you're a salesman. Now, doesn't mean you can't integrate stories into what you do, but I do think sometimes we just get so obs- obsessed by the storytelling thing, uh, it's, it's gone crazy. However, that's not to say storytelling isn't a powerful thing, and whether you're writing books, writing screenplays, creating films – preaching sermons, teaching in a class, whatever you're doing, there's no question that you could integrate stories in there in a more powerful way, and it can really impact people.
1: We've been talking to Phil Cook, leading producer, director, author, speaker, a wonderful conversation. We're going to continue this conversation in the next episode. We hope that you will join us. Thank you.